Welcome to the Half Yard Line. I'm Tim. I'm Luke. And I nearly just dropped a pen, which would have ruined the intro of this uh, (laughs) podcast. (laughs) What the hell? Did he just drop a pen on the microphone? Anyway, carry on. (laughs) All right. This is the next in our series of division by division, round the leagues. We did team by team for the pre-free agency. Uh, We're going division by division for the first segment of free agency, the first leg of free agency, if you will. Today we are talking the N oh A uh, the A, other one the A ones A A F C West your Super Bowl champion Kansas City Chiefs residing in this division. This was last year's off season winner the darling division of the the division of the off season. Everybody was stocking up on the best players available. The quarterback rooms had been transformed. This was going to be the division to chase all of the other divisions. Kansas City maybe had taken a step back, but don't you mind Denver was plowing straight ahead as the champions of the league. The Chargers always hanging around with you know their excellent team. And then, of course, even the Oakland, excuse me, Vegas Raiders were a resurgent. Derek Carr, they had traded for uh, that receiver guy from Green Bay who no one knows. I, this team was going to be better. Every team in this division was going to be 10-7 and seven or better, Luke except they weren't. No, that didn't work and out. So did it? it didn't. And as we look at their offseason this year, remember, dear listeners, that success in the offseason does not always transpire to success in the in-season. Um, but before we dive into the wherefores and whys and the hows and the details, do check us out on social media, at Half Yard Line Pod on Instagram and Twitter, Pod at gmail.com if you'd like to use the emails. Do rate, review, like, and subscribe to the podcast on your favorite podcast app. That means a lot to us. We really appreciate it. Matter of fact, if you've not done it, go ahead and stop. Pause. We'll be back. This is pre-recorded. We will wait for you. Pause. Go give <laughs> us a not like live. or review. This is not live, guys. Yeah, not, it's not, not live. We're, we're happy to wait. Just give it two minutes. Go write, Tim and Luke are the greatest. Submit. We appreciate that. It does a lot for us. Um, appreciate you guys taking the time. But most importantly, appreciate you listening and sharing the news of the podcast our podcast evangelism uh, from our listeners. You guys will make this thing go, so appreciate all your help in that regard. But the AFC West, Luke, uh, are they going to win the offseason again this year? Um, early responses would seem to indicate no, I would suggest. Yeah. Um, a, a time of change for one of these teams in the Raiders, the others trying to keep things together, whether or not that's a good thing, we can debate that. But why don't we start in uh, Sin City, Las Vegas, Nevada, Tim, Josh McDaniels bringing in an old pal under center in James Garoppolo or Jimmy, as I believe uh, his friends call him, who comes in on a three-year <laughs> $72 million deal to be under center for the silver and black. The offseason highlighted by that change, of course, Derek Carr being cut, moving on to New Orleans, which we'll talk about in the NFC South when we get there. Uh, Jimmy G coming on in uh, as the new face of the franchise, I guess, sort of, in uh, Las Vegas. This is a team, as you mentioned, that last offseason was going to be chasing glory with the ad- additions of um, Chandler Jones and Devontae Adams. It didn't really pan Adams. out that way. Yeah. yeah, Devontae Adams, who's famously friends with Derek Carr, who then got cut. Um, they've also, just for you know administrative purposes, brought in Jacoby Myers, uh, another Patriots connection. Jacob Johnson is back, another Patriots connection. Philip Dorsett, who I believe may have also played for the Patriots for five minutes. Um, they've also brought in Robert Spillane, Marcus Epps, who I think is a very good player. 
um, some other moves around the edges for the Raiders. Tim, thoughts on what they're up to in the desert? Yeah, I have a couple of thoughts. I think the first is this feels to me like the yard sale approach to free agency. Like we had we had some money, and so we went to or maybe the TJ Maxx version where you go and you just try to pick up <laughs> the a Marshalls. bunch of pieces. You just go, you go buy a bunch, right, of things, and you see, you bring them home and you try them on, see if anything works. Um, you know, a ton of signings here, and most of them not particularly expensive, not particularly long term deals. You know, definitely opportunities if they don't work out to jettison them early. It, it feels to me like the the Raiders don't really know what they need. Yes, and so they're really hoping to bring in a bunch of guys, and something's going to stick. Right. I mean, even um, this is the think about the bird get, shot approach. Getting rid of sniper rifle. Yeah, I mean, getting rid of Darren Waller as well. The other major move that we I didn't mention. You know, to your point, what, what are we what are we trying to get done here? I, I I'm I'm a little bit confused as to what the plan is. I, I allude to my free uh, my fantasy play from time to time in this podcast. I'm terrible at it, but it's neither here nor there. The point is, if you have that year where you put all of your salary cap into two guys um, and they're going to be the thing you ride and then one of them gets hurt, a lot of times you overreact the next year and you go, okay, I don't want superstars. I want lots of meat and potatoes guys who are going to score 12 to 15 points a game and I'm just going to stack you know, wins that way. Yeah, fairway finders you know, is what you're looking for, right? Yeah, if somebody goes out there and finds a guy who's going to score 50 points in the week and beat you, so be it. You'll You'll live with that and move on to the next one. I almost feel like that approach here, right? You've had Devontae Adams and Darren Waller, both unbelievable players. Uh, Darren Waller has been good for them for years. Uh, Devontae Adams was great for them the one year he was there and will continue to be there. But Darren Waller was going to be expensive to retain, right? He was going to take up a lot of cap space. Had injuries last year. He's been there. He's been playing well. He's been hurt. He hasn't, even when he was playing and playing well, it wasn't enough. Right, you weren't getting over the hump, and so I think you say, okay, do we reinvest in that position, or do we go and throw a bunch of stuff at other folks and see if we can um, find some pegs to fit into the size and shape holes that we have? The other thing that jumps off me on the Jimmy Garoppolo deal is, is it really true that in this league there's fifty million dollar year quarterbacks and Jimmy Garoppolo is twenty four million dollars? That to me is the shocking piece of this and he's got you know 40 or 24 and a half million dollars this year he's only got 33 million dollars guaranteed at signing there's no security in this deal for him listen he got hurt i get that he didn't play great in his beginning of his career in san francisco that's why trey lance is there but if you look at when he's been on the field when he's had the opportunity to do if you told me i could have him for $25 $25 million or I could have another quarterback in this division, Russell Wilson for $45 million. I, I, I hate to give the Las Vegas Raiders and their woebegone front office the pat on the back for one, but bringing in Jimmy G on this contract, I feel like is a good move. Now, will it be enough for them to play? Well, I don't know. Tough division as we described tough conference as we've discussed on other uh, podcasts, but that particular contract I think is, is very team friendly um, at a position they may have been able to upgrade there. Yeah, I think what's interesting, and before we move on from the Raiders, is around the quarterback position, it's, it, it's what's your ambition? Like, I don't know what the ambition for the Raiders really is. Like, last year it was very clear the ambition was, we're going to go hell for leather, win the Super Bowl, right? That was the that was the plan. Yep. We're going to spend big, we're going to bring in the stars, we're going to augment the pieces. We had a you know, postseason appearance the year before. 
Last season was a, was a disaster. Um, this is now almost like Jimmy, Jimmy G is like Tom Brady before he became Tom Brady. It's kind of how I think of him, right? Like Tom Brady early in his career was distribute the ball, be sensible, manage the game, make good decisions. Don't try and win the game on 60 yard touchdown passes, right? That's, that's kind of what Jimmy G is. He's a little bit that plus, but it's in that mold. He's not the Tom Brady of 2008 or the more, or the more recent years where he's chucking it for a million yards. Is that enough to win you something meaningful with the holes in the rest of this roster? The defense last year was dreadful. They haven't really made too many meaningful additions to that. Some good players like mentioned Epps. Spillane is a good player. Um, Faison's come back. He's a good player. I like him, but it's... Uh, or he's come in, sorry, but I just don't think there's enough there to have that style of quarterback and win. That's kind of the point. If you're going to be a team like, I don't know, I'll even pick someone like uh, the Buccaneers. I know they have Brady, but like you look at the quality of the defense, you can build on that and then have a supplementary quarterback who just does the stuff you need. The Niners, perfect example, right? Jimmy G's former team. This isn't that. So the scale of ambition there, I don't really know what the plan is. And I think to your point, the birdshot approach uh, that they've taken to acquiring talent is a little bit surprising. So the other one thing we should mention is they did tag Josh Jacobs, non-exclusive franchise tag. I would imagine he ends up coming back. The running back market's not been not been great um, yeah, for free no, agents. No one's going to offer you a couple of first-round picks no. and beat tech contracts. No. So <laughs> speaking of running backs, we'll move on to the Chargers. Austin Eckler requesting a trade is the shocker of the offseason, really, for me. I mean, a guy who's been unbelievably productive, they clearly don't want to pay him the money. He said, I'll go and get it somewhere else. I think he's going to find... Unfortunately for him, no one else is going to give him it either. So I don't think he's going anywhere. But just to, uh, before I get your thoughts more broadly on the charges, a couple of other things that they've done, re-signing Trey Pipkins. They brought in Eric Kendricks from the Vikings on a two-year deal. I think that's a good signing. They lost um, Drew Tranquil. So it's kind of almost a bit like for like there. It's not been a very active offseason for the Chargers so far. Resigned a backup quarterback, made a couple other smaller moves. The Eckler one was a surprise to me, um, but I understand why he would look for that. I just don't know if it's going to happen. Um, they haven't made anything too splashy. Chargers in that kind of intermediate position in the NFL where they're good. Are they better than good? I'm not sure how much further they go than last year based on where they stand. Although, let's be fair, it's March the 19th. So plenty of time ahead. Don't know what you think of the Chargers. Yeah. So the Austin Eckler thing is interesting. I We'll see. I don't necessarily think this one is as much about money. Um, th- there's no market for running backs, and Austin Eckler and his certainly his advising team knows that. Um, th- three years ago, it was all of a sudden cool to pay running backs again. Five years ago, it was cool to pay running backs again. It's not cool to pay running backs today. Everyone's seeing some of these deals where you're just just dead weight. The Zeke cut jumps out, which, by the way, you know, shout out to Luke for predicting that one. Um, the Zeke cut was, I think, the last nail in the coffin of what was sort of a robust um, reinvigoration of the running back market. You think about Le'Veon Bell leaving Pittsburgh, um, demanding more money, demanding more money, demanding more money, sitting out an entire year to get it, gets his contract from the Jets. That blows up, goes to the Chiefs for a minute. That blows up, and he's boxing people, I think, now. Yeah. Um, there's just there's no leverage if you're a running back for money. I think Austin Eckler's sitting there going, I have been the driving force behind this team. He was most of the offense last been year. The production for too long. <clears throat> and it's going to kill me. And I'm we're we're not getting better. There's you read up and down this team, there's talent on this team. A lot of talent on this team, but they've not been able to put it together. And whether that's because you got Big Brother over in Kansas City, or whether it's because the AFC is tough, or whether it's because you make the playoffs and then you just don't come through, which this team has a 
absolute encyclopedia full of examples of. Um, if I'm Austin Eckler, I don't want to, you know, give 400 more touches to a team that's not going to be able to do anything either. And I think that's where the team has a sales pitch to give to Austin Eckler, which is this is how we're going to be better this year. This is why this year is going to be different. This is why we're able to uh, succeed, and you're a big part of that, and we want to keep you around. That's got to be the way the the Chargers approach this. Um, looking more broadly at their team, at their offseason, you know, again, nothing happening. Um, I Hot take, if I could. Please. Underrated signing of the offseason so far in the AFC West is Donald Parham. Um, he's a tight end for the Chargers. Has not had a ton of opportunities to go out there and be great. This is a cheap, non-guaranteed, two-year, million dollars a year, barely above the veteran minimum. Look out for Donald Parham in 20 or Parham Parham uh, in 2023 into the 2024. I think this is a a player who we're going to be laughing about exceeding the value of his contract by a fair margin um, by the time it's done. I think he's going to get opportunities to play on this team and I think he's going to play well well that's a deep cut he's also about 10 feet tall I think so look for him in the red zone for sure speaking of uh, teams making maybe underappreciated signings let's move on to the Chiefs uh, they made one that I really like which is Mike Edwards who they brought in from Tampa Bay on a one year three million dollar deal I-, I really like that signing for them this is a team which obviously won the Super Bowl hey guys that's some news for you we're breaking hey. that here on the uh, on the half yard line they lost Juan Thornhill who has been an extremely productive safety for them for several years they had Tyron Matthew before that so this is always a position they've got production from in Kansas City you know we obviously talk endlessly about the offense but on the defense with Spags you know they've always had production at that position I like Mike Edwards coming in from the Bucks. Um, I think that's a good signing for them a couple other moves that they've made added Charles Amenahu which again a, a solid edge player coming over from the Niners they've let Frank Clark go which we talked about on the Chiefs offseason preview podcast so go and check that out if you have not listened to it one for all 32 NFL teams. Um, the big move was the addition of Jawan Taylor, four years, $80 million, 60 guaranteed coming over, the right tackle for the Jags, probably stepping into a pair of shoes which were vacated by either Andrew Wiley, who's gone to the Commanders, or Orlando Brown Jr., who went off to the Bengals. Check out our AFC North podcast where we talk about that move. A couple other losses, Juju moving on to the Patriots, lost their fullback. I mean... Nothing too big outside of that. Tim, the Chiefs trying to basically keep things ticking along as much as possible. It seems like 15 under center, always going to lead to good things. Anything jump out at you about what they've done um, on any of those moves or anything else maybe you think they could be looking at? Well, you know, I mean, I think the, the key for them, and you mentioned it, obviously, you win the Super Bowl, you're just trying to plug the holes that are inevitably drilled in your boat by every other team coming in and, um, you know, stealing from the cupboards. And obviously Orlando Brown Jr., they knew that was going to be a tough get. I think people forget sometimes they kept Orlando Brown Jr. last year on the tag. They weren't able to work out a long-term contract. They lost Travis, not Travis Hill, Tyreek Hill um, with the intent of keeping Orlando Brown Jr., right? That was this is the money you were going to save from Hill was going to be used for Orlando Brown. And I think they have to be disappointed that they weren't able to get him inked to a longer term contract um, either last year prior to the franchise track uh, negotiations or this year prior to free agency. At the end of the day, the cap just didn't let it happen. Um, and so left tackle, when you have a franchise quarterback 
particularly one who the last couple of years has dodged some injury issues, uh, played all postseason with a high ankle sprain this year. Um, he's clearly tough. You do not want to rack up injury miles on Patrick Mahomes this early in his career. He's won Super Bowls, and so I think sometimes we forget the kid is not old. He's 27, he's got, I think. He's got a 10-year contract or something left to play on. Yeah, it's like a like baseball they want deal. Him there. Yeah, they want him there forever. Um, you can't or don't want to, you know, have substantial hits on this guy uh, if you can avoid it. And losing your left tackle is going to certainly make that harder. They haven't had a chance to replace that yet. You know, he was the best left tackle on the market. You're certainly not going to upgrade at that spot. They don't have premium draft picks to go spend on that left tackle spot. So while obviously this is a team that's going to lose players, that's just the nature of being on the good end of the spectrum and the parity that is the NFL. If you won, guess what? You're at a disadvantage. If you lose, you're at an advantage to trying to get better. Um, it's part of what makes the NFL great, but when you're a fan of a team that's great, it's really frustrating um, in the offseason. I thought going and getting Jawan Taylor was um, a big get. I, I don't understand why they couldn't use that same money to keep Orlando Brown Jr. around, and I think that would have been a better use of it. The right tackle spot, very important, losing Andrew Wiley. I get that. Um Orlando Brown Jr. signed for less money, less average money, less guaranteed money. I, why they picked it the way they did is is not clear to me. Yeah, there's also the element of behind the scenes, was there friction with the agent? Was there friction with the player? Did he want to stay there, et cetera, and so on? So the Chiefs, you know, they scouted well in the mid-rounds for There's so many players trying to get out of Kansas City, Luke. I yeah, yeah. I know. Was, I did find that odd. But yeah, I mean, they, they drafted Trey Smith in the later rounds. They drafted Creed Humphrey in the in the second round, you know, the center and the right guard. Yep. So maybe they're just backing on, you know, we'll bring in a proven vet like Jawan Taylor to fill one of the tackle spots and we'll find another guy um, and rely on Patrick Mahomes to, to do some stuff to uh, keep himself alive and keep us in contention. But, you know, a, a solid offseason for the Chiefs so far, nothing too crazy. The reclamation project underway in Denver in full swing. We talked about it. You highlighted on our Denver offseason preview that the plan for the Broncos is salvage Russell Wilson. Um, and the Denver Broncos seem to be doing that by plowing money into the offensive line uh, room. Ben Powers, Mike McGlinchey both coming in for big bucks on the offensive line to try and protect number three. Um, they've also brought in some RJP Ryan from the Bengals to kind of partner with Javante Williams as he works his way back from the ACL injury that unfortunately curtailed a very uh, promising season last year. Other big money they've spent is on Zach Allen, the defensive lineman from the Cardinals, who's come across to fill one of those defensive tackle spots that they've struggled with. They lost Draymond Jones, who went to Seattle. So that's maybe kind of not quite like for like in play style, but positionally lost a couple of other guys around the edges. But Tim, it's really all about um, protect Russell Wilson and pray that he gets back to something like what he used to be, because otherwise the the franchise is a little little stuck in the mud. No, I think that's right. And you know, we could just do eight more minutes on how much we hate Russell Wilson, if you'd like. <laughs> You've done, but more uh, than that, probably in total in the last in the Denver <laughs> podcast we did for the offseason preview. But yes, very much the plan uh, is yeah, so get him get him going again, right? Because otherwise, you, you're get him much going again. It, if you think about the Chiefs and Chargers in this division is kind of taking the sniper rifle approach, right? We're not not trying to do big things here, largely driving key, and then pick off little pieces here and there around the edges to get better. And the Raiders are the shotgun or birdshot approach where you're firing a bunch of pellets and see what hits what. The Denver Broncos somewhere in the middle, you might call it maybe the firing squad approach. 
right? <laughs> Certainly bringing in a, a variety of players at a variety of positions. So broad in its scope, but taking down big game at a couple of these spots. You talked about the offensive line, talked about edge rushing, Alex Singleton at linebacker, spent a fair amount of money on a backup quarterback. Um, so big game hunting a little bit for this team while also bringing in talent at a variety of positions. Obviously, they got to get better at a lot of places on this team. We, we were as bad as they were last year. You know, one guy is not going to fix it. And so I think they're correctly going out and trying to improve at a bunch of different places. The only big name that they lost, as you mentioned, was Draymond Jones. And they've already replaced that spot again, not exactly in play style, but at least in position. So to me, this is about how do we put enough talent around Russell Wilson that whatever we get out of him is enough. Um, and obviously, they're going to try to fix Russell Wilson. I mean, we can talk all until we're blue in the face about who they're going to bring in and what their free agency class look like and their draft class, which, of course, they don't have a ton of picks. They spent them all on Russell Wilson. And but Sean Payton. If, and Sean Payton. So, like, all of that aside, this comes down to can Sean Payton get more out of Russell Wilson than um, they were able to last year? And if the answer to that question is no, there's not a free agent class on planet Earth that's going to fix their problems. And if the answer to that is yes, it probably matters less um, who they bring around. I, I would take two seconds just to talk about the Sidham signing. Yeah, I'm interested in that. Feels one. very much like a team who's hedging. Um, you know, $10 million on two year deals, so $5 million a year is not obviously break the bank money in the NFL, but going out and, and picking up a backup quarterback with starting experience. You know, you're not just signing a guy. It's not going to be the oh, who is the backup there again? Yeah, it's this Joe is Flacco. People know, right? People have have heard him before. It's not going to be a rookie off the bench. It's not going to be a, a, a bet at the end of his career. This is a guy who was getting real snaps. Who you thought maybe had a chance at times to look like a starting quarterback? Had a great game against the Niners so. for the uh, for the Raiders last year. Yep, absolutely. And so this is a, a team. And you mentioned you playing for the Raiders. Like Denver has seen this guy play football. Um, and so I think that's a really interesting piece to this. You, you talked a little bit about uh, in Miami, uh, in that sort of check out our AFC East version of this, the Miami uh, Dolphins bringing in a quarterback who could certainly, Mike White, who can start if you need him to start, if two is hurt, but could maybe be the guy if Tua's injury issues end up being more long-term. I think you see something here with Stidham in that same vein. You're not going to bring in a high-class starter you already have russell wilson you're paying him a thousand bazillion trillion dollars um but a guy who maybe if russell wilson can't get it sorted can be your discount guy can come in there and transition you to that and whatever the next phase of your team development process is um and so you know not a slam dunk but a lottery ticket with some upside for sure i think that you know you've summarized that well the stidham signing certainly interesting it's not going to be a quarterback competition in denver or anything like that but you're maybe putting the little hint and a wink and a nod at Wilson to say, by the way, we did bring in someone who's not exactly a bum to back you up. So if he starts playing terrible again, like he did much of last year, Sean Payton has maybe a legitimate option on the bench to to sit behind. So definitely interested um, to see how that affects Wilson's play as the Denver Broncos, like you say, go down the salvage route for this season. And that's going to do it for us today on the AFC West. So please do check out the rest of these pods wherever you find them as we go division by division talking about free agency. We're covering all eight divisions. This is the last of our AFC batch, NFC on the way. Also check out our team by team offseason previews that we did a few weeks ago. Uh, 
in the run-up to free agency give you guys a bit of an idea about where teams might be targeting some of that's come to fruition some of it maybe not yet but uh, some good nuggets in there one for all 32 nfl teams you can find us on the socials at half yard line pod you can email us half yard line pod at gmail.com wherever you're listening to this leave us a like a subscription a rating and a review would be very helpful for us with the algorithms and spread the good word amongst uh like-minded individuals who might be interested in hearing more football chat as the off-season rolls along. But for the AFC West, that will be us into the sunset and we will speak to you on the next one. So have a good one. Bye-bye.